0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Creative Writers Toolbelt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply to your own writing. My name is Andrew Chamberlain and I'm a writer and creative writing tutor. I want to start this episode by mentioning that I will again be speaking at the Lakes Writers' Course in in November, in the wonderful setting of Ullswater in Cumbria, the course runs from the Monday the 17th to Friday the 21st of November and features writers, storytellers and editors sharing their wisdom on the subject of storytelling for both fiction and memoir. For details, you can contact me at my website, www.andrewjchamberlain.com or drop an email to my friends at Writers Essentials and their email address is writersessentials at gmail.com. So, despite saying that I had pretty much finished with characterization a couple of episodes ago, I'm going to spend another episode on this subject, and specifically on the process of creating and enhancing characters by using a very systematic process. And I'm hoping that this episode will be at least as practical as any of the others that I've done, as I outline the model that I use. And later on in the podcast, I am going to tell you how you can get a copy of the template for this model as a PDF from my website. So, the objective of the model that I use is not just to help you realize. Your characters, it's also to help you understand their place in the plot of your story. I use a model for developing correct characters that acknowledges the importance of character to plot and plot to character. And the model looks at characters across seven different dimensions. And these are habits. So, what are the compulsions, routines, foibles of your character? Second one is attitudes. How does the character interpret the world? For example, what are their political or religious attitudes? Their sense of justice and mercy. Do they have an instinct for task and logical process, or are they more intuitive? Next up is reputation. What are they more generally known for? What do people who don't know this person think of them? How famous are they? As the author, how are you going to connect the reputation of your characters with other dimensions in the model? How is that character going to act and react? Vital statistics is the next one. That's gender, age... Race, and nationality, physical characteristics, and the features and descriptive markers. Next up is ambitions. What is it that motivates them? Try to get beyond the more basic ideas around fame, money, and power. This is the engine of your story. Make it subtle and make it compelling. What does your protagonist really want? How is that going to drive the plot? Next is relationships. What are the key features of your characters when interaction with others? And we're talking here about immediate family, their partner, perhaps their children. What about friends or colleagues or even enemies? And finally, desires. Not quite the same as ambitions. This is more about their personal feelings. The character might have a romantic ambition, but this is where their feelings that attend that ambition are revealed. Personal desires and feelings can also exist outside of the sphere of romance and sexual desire. What are the character's feelings about their friends? How does this link to their attitudes and ambitions? So the summary words For each of the seven dimensions that I've briefly mentioned here are habits, attitude, reputation, vital statistics, ambitions, relationships and desires. And from these, using the first letter of each word, we get the mnemonic Harvard. Of course, if you use this model, it's not necessary to follow the sequence of letters in order to build up your character. Just use them in any order you wish. So let's have a look at the model in practice. First, let's try it out on one of the most famous characters in all of contemporary literature, Harry Potter. So when we think about habits with Harry Potter, we can think of things like the fact that he rubs his scar sometimes when there is a specific connection between him and Voldemort. In terms of attitudes, there's a strong sense of justice and mercy in his character. He's brave and selfless and he interprets the world with both compassion and a deep sense of self-assurance. Reputation. He has a huge reputation. He is the son of Harry and Lily Potter. He is the baby who survived Voldemort. Vital statistics. Well, there's not a huge amount of physical description of Harry Potter, but we do know a few things about him that are described. His glasses, the scar on his forehead, brown hair. Harry's Patronus was a stag, and that Patronus is in fact a very vivid descriptive marker, not just for him, but for other characters in the book. What about ambitions? Well, of course, he has an ambition to defeat Voldemort. But there's also a number of other ambitions going on that are connected to that. He wants to be loyal to and protect his friends. He doesn't particularly have worldly ambitions around wealth and power. His ambitions, as is the case in all of the best of characters, are a little bit more subtle. Relationships. Well, he splits opinion pretty severely. People tend to love him or hate him. Hermione and Ron and all of his friends on one side, his kind of surrogate family, the Weasleys. And then on the other side, you've got the likes of Voldemort and Bellatrix and some of the other Death Eaters who hate him with a passion. Finally, desires. There is some developing love interest and element of romance in the latter books in the series, but also there's a more complex thing going on here. We see Harry's real desire to be loyal and to protect his friends, as I've mentioned, but also to cherish the memory of his parents. So there you see very briefly how I've taken quite a famous character and tried to apply this model to them. Let me give you another example. This one is from classic children's literature. This is Toad of Toad Hall. So what are his habits? Well, he seems to talk in blunt, short sentences. He flits from one thing to the next. His attitudes—he's very narcissistic. He thinks he is the centre of the world. He's quite restless. Reputation: Well, he's famous in the local area because he's the landed gentry. He owns Toad Hall. Uh, he also has a reputation for being getting into trouble with the police vital statistics well he's an anthropomorphic toad he wears harris tweed see when you look at the pictures that have been drawn of him he tends to have his mouth open because he's shouting a lot his mouth is very significant as a part of his whole body and then we move on to ambitions he is trying to do it all and to be it all he wants to live life to the full in his own way on his own terms what about relationship well toad tends to see all the people around him as just in orbit he thinks they're going to fall into line with whatever plan he has whatever desire he has at that moment And he assumes that they're just going to be enthusiastic about whatever scheme he's going to work on. So there is no sense of interdependence with Toad. It's just a case of everybody around him is just going to fall into line with whatever scheme he dreams up. Finally, desires. There is a deep sense of restlessness linked to Toad's desires. But on a deeper level, he also wants to be in relationship with his friends like Mole and Rattian. So there's a very brief application of two different characters. There are a couple of other things I want to say briefly about the Harvard model. First of all, there isn't a category called personality. I know that, and it's deliberate personality should express itself in some way I would encourage you to find a dimension that expresses an aspect of personality that you want to talk about for example we know that Toad from Wind in the Willows is narcissistic and restless but that's not enough we need to show it we need to see how that manifests itself we need to see it in his relationships with others and in his attitude with others we know that Harry Potter can be merciful but how do we see it we see it in his attitude to Draco Malfoy so the model requires that you work quite hard. It's not enough just to put down some abstract characteristics. You need to find examples of it. In effect, you need to show rather than just tell what's going on. And in doing that, I found that you get a better reward in realizing the character. Second point I want to make, the model is designed to acknowledge the fact that in any story, character and plot are interwoven. You'll see this in the relationships dimension, in reputation, and attitude the objective of the model is to help you realize your character and to understand their place in the plot of your story now it's time for me and you to go and use the model to develop great characters so pick a character maybe your principal protagonist or antagonist from your current work apply the model and see what you can learn about them and to help you as i mentioned earlier i've provided a pdf copy of the model it's in a link from my website so just go to andrewjchamberlain.com and click on the blog for episode 18 which is called the harvard model and in there is a link to a pdf that you can download let me know how you get on with it i hope you've enjoyed this podcast as ever i'd encourage you to leave comments and constructive criticism you can contact me via the website go to goodreads.com look up the creative writer's tool belt group there i'm also on twitter at writer's Toolbelt. If you're interested in coming along to our Lakes Writers Course, just get in touch with me via my website. My thanks, as ever, to the guys at Podcast Themes for providing the theme music. And thank you for listening. Till next time.